Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast, brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cami Black. It's our big Six Nations preview this evening. We've got a lot to get through. Joining me this evening, we've got Johnny McGinty. Good evening, Johnny. Hello, how are we doing? We have Craig Manson. Hello, Craig. Good evening, how are we doing? We have Ian Hay. Hello, Ian. Hello, everyone. And from the other side of the Atlantic, we have a special guest. We've got David from Scrum of the Earth. Good evening, David. Hey, folks. How are you doing? I hope I'm not massively overmodulated like last time I talked to Cam. <laughs> you, you're absolutely fine. We were just before we were coming on air, David, and I, I want to carry on the conversation we were having. <laughs> you, you noted that you were the only one wearing a Scotland jersey tonight, um, which, you know, you honour us, obviously, <laughs> by dressing for the occasion. Um it's it's a slightly odd shirt. It's, there's a massive oversized thistle. Mm-hmm. Um, what what else is there? Some other detail on there. It's got the lion, the lion rampant on the front as well. It's the back. It's got big Scotland on the back. And what's that below? Is that another thistle below the? And then there's some sort of flame lion rampant effect. Yeah. St Andrew's cross. Lots of purple. A thistle on the sleeves. Yeah. So it, much purple. It's it's excellent. It I is. Mean, it is loosely based on the 2018 shirt, I think, with the Famous purple and quite. I oh, see. I thought it was the newer one, the the 2018 uh, one with the purple. Yeah. It, 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 like, it looks like something that you'd that would have been branded official merchandise at Ingolston Market in the late 80s when I used to go and buy Hooky Spectrum <laughs> ZX. It's the result yeah. of what happens when you Google the term Scottish rugby jersey cheap. <laughs> <laughs> It just it has a vibe of this of the the uh, the kind of merchandise that you see at the side of the street as you walk up to Murrayfield on game day. <laughs> yeah, I think if a flame gets anywhere near it, I'm a goner. <laughs> did they have? Did they have that at um at, at kind of American sporting events? Do you get the kind of guys that rock up with a suitcase full of stash selling? Yeah, it for- sometimes they're better than the real merch too, and it's always cheaper. So, 
I remember, I don't know if they do this anymore, but it used to go, I remember coming out of gigs as a student and just guys selling bus stop posters that were like the size I of bet. the wall of your room. I used to have an offspring conspiracy of one tour hoodie that I bought from the shady guys outside the SECC. I had an Arab strap. I, can't I, had an, I got a hooky Arab strap hoodie, from which <laughs> that's incredibly niche that a guy in Newcastle decided what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and <laughs> I'm going to buy a lot of Arab strap hoodies and sell them to the 10 people that turned up. And now so it's, it's totally it's the other way around. Donated shirts from one gig. It was like, ah, I'll just. It was like, you know, two of them were the same price as a official shirt. So, yeah. yeah. Double up. And then, of course, the print falls apart after about five washes. It's just background. <laughs> 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 like, oh, I forgot it's the Wales shirt in the semi final of the World Cup. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> they clearly bought that outside the stadium. Well, if any of you remember Wales the end, final of the World Cup. If ever uh, any of you remember the band UB40, they played in my brother's college and he made t-shirts to sell at the concert. They found out about it and they they called him in and kind of threatened him. And they were like, the thing is, your shirts are better than ours. So if you give us a whole bunch of them, we'll leave you alone. <laughs> I'm surprised you could understand them. <laughs> um, okay, should we talk about some rugby? Um, the uh, big news today is uh, Scott Cummins has signed a contract extension. Johnny, yes, pleased to see it. Obviously, uh, he was massive in that game against Toulon, but he, he's just on his way back, obviously. And um, yeah, good to have him sticking around because he's a serious player. And he's taking a while to get going, Ian. I think can we when he first came around, oh, is he he was in the, the 2019 World Cup, wasn't he? It was his kind of. Yes, uh, yeah. yeah. He, I mean, he broke some. Re- he, at one point, he'd broken a, a Tuni record for number of starts in a row. I think because um, he, he seemed to be preferred alongside Johnny Gray, but now it's the, it's Richie and Gilko is the preferred combo. But a, a combination of injuries have really led to. I see he broke into the team um, quite young at Glasgow. I mean, he was quite bean poly, um, but looked a player and has become a player, but he's had a few issues with injuries. Uh, hopefully they're behind him now. Um, and he, can, and he looks, he looks beefier. Yes, he certainly has. I mean, I noticed that a couple of seasons after um, after his debut, he'd, he'd bulked up a bit. And I think he's, he's the best carrier out of the lock, certainly. He's the most dynamic, and he, he's good in the air. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping for he really hit, hits his peak soon. Yeah. We're joined by Rory Baldwin as well this evening. Good evening, Rory's just jumped on. Rory's also wearing a Scotland shirt. He's disappeared now. Rory's come. <laughs> He's disappeared. He's <laughs> like, we've startled him. You have to approach him very, very carefully. He just went far too quickly. Downwind. You mentioned he's jumped on a whole lot and he was just gone. <laughs> he was gone. I forgot. You've got to approach Rory very gently, downwind, yeah. not startle him I- too much. Yeah. I just love that, like, not not to generalise too many people too much, but uh, David's American Scotland shirt is like huge, very bright, flaming lion rampant, massive thistle, and and Rory's Highland Scotland man Scotland shirt is a very old cotton one with a tiny little logo on it and nothing else. That's just, there's the difference between Rory's life in Inverness and David's life in America. Yeah, this looks this looks like if Scotland were located in Florida. <laughs> that's exactly what it looks like. All it's missing is a unicorn. That's all it's missing. <laughs> or maybe a haggis. 
One thing, one big, speaking of shirts, one big change, I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast yet, but we're getting names on the back of shirts in this year's Six Nations. Um, David, is it, are you all for this? I mean, you, you get this in America, America, a lot of American sports, obviously this names and number, you choose your number and all of that, but are you, are you a fan of the names on the back? Yes, I, I am for the reasons you already said, but also, I think I've talked to Craig about this, you could use it as a massive wind-up tool. Can you hear me? I've just realized I can't hear any of you. This could be a short conversation. It could be a short conversation. We can hear you, Rory. Can you hear us? Feel free to talk about me while I can't hear. That's fine. See if you can pick up on <laughs> David, carry on. But uh, when people were, when they couldn't decide, is Blair Kinghorn playing 10? Is he playing 15? If they eventually said, okay, you're, you're yeah, 10, then I'm you could get go, Blair Kinghorn 15 okay, jersey and just wear it to annoy people. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, and then just switch about. I mean, the Craig famously, the I think it was the president of the SIU back in the, uh, I think it was the early 1900s, when asked by the king why the why the players didn't wear didn't wear numbers at that point, he said they're not cattle. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, there's many things that I've, I've just all the things that have come to my head to reply to that comment, Cammy. I can't see them at the moment, so I'm going to have to just. Uh... <laughs> so do you want me to make the same remark in the Patreon podcast, Greg? Yes, and then I'll be boom <laughs> straight in there with something to do with putting gloves on. Anyway, <laughs> well, that took I, think a turn it, I didn't expect. It did. I, I mean, but it does, um, Johnny. It does. I think it does help people that are new at the game. We get this every Six Nations is we get a whole new bunch of fans to rugby. You get people who traditionally accidentally catch used to catch it at three o'clock on grandstand on a Saturday afternoon back in the day and would kind of have it on. and Or maybe it's on in the pub while they're watching something else and, and maybe take a, a passing interest. It, it's a good way to try and hook people in, especially, I guess, with the, you know, they've got the Netflix documentary going on at the minute with the, and the figures seem to be good. Yeah. It's it's just a bit of it's a bit of recognition makes things a bit easier for people, and this is like we've said this so many times. Rugby's big problem is that they just don't seem to want to welcome new people or come up with any ideas that might get people into the game. So, this is the sort of idea that where if you're not already a rugby expert, you're going to pick up the names of a few players and and start to learn a little bit about some players, and it's a really good way of getting into the game. So, I'm actually surprised that they're doing it, but very pleased. Yeah. And has anybody seen much of the Netflix documentary? I don't have a Netflix account. This is my main issue. I, I think I've seen four as well. I've finished I've seen it. The, the Fiku one was the last one I saw. The big I've feedback seen seems yet, to so be from, seen three. The big, the big feedback from rugby fans so far, as far as I can tell, is it's not designed for rugby fans. But it seems to get a decent enough, be getting a decent enough pickup in Netflix and from speaking to people who watch these sporting documentaries on, on Netflix, Ian, it, it, it's not necessarily targeted at fans. Um, no, it doesn't really have sort of big game analysis, but the uh, the sort of the editing for uh, Scotland's second try at Twickenham is, is very dramatic. It makes it look uh, pretty spectacular. Um, no, they won't go into great analysis. It's more about the, the sort of people, uh, the, you know, the character behind the player. Um, so, for example, like you get you hear about Andrew Porter, who sadly lost his mum when um, he was twelve, I think it was. Um, Gail Fiku, who just comes across as the coolest guy in the world. Fabien Gaultier, who is just incredibly French. Um, and Ellis Genge and his upbringing and stuff. So it's yeah, it's they don't massively delve into the games. There's no sort of tactical analysis. Well, even 
even get that. But you know, it's not um, it's not for the hardcore. It's not hardcore rugby, but it's about the, the characters behind it. I'd say, um, yeah. such as Finn Russell. Yeah. <laughs> I am Finn. Finn. He, Finn. He is I am. Yeah, but well, he was always going to be excellent value, Johnny. Yeah, the bet. In fact, the best bit of editing in that whole episode is when they're interviewing Steve Borthwick, and they say to Borthwick, uh, "What about Scotland? What is it about Scotland?" that worries you and then it just cuts to like a smirking Finn Russell <laughs> and, <it's... laughs> and he just and he just goes I'm Finn Russell I play number 10 for Scotland and from there it's just like here's how Finn destroyed England yeah yeah and well, it's, I've I, actually, I, mean, I haven't learned anything but I'm enjoying it yeah learned a bit I, I about think the big, the big... that's about it okay Rory you joined us now Rory's here so. with his slightly yeah. more uh, low-key Scotland shot compared to David's yeah, this is. Uh, I'm just advertising it because I'm going to sell it on eBay for like 120 quid. So, is this is this, is it an original 1990 shirt? Yeah, uh, no, I think it's like 1994, something like that. I think the Pringle one. Yeah, yeah. Oof. Having uh, having done some research on on eBay, uh, there's the I think the 1990 ones had like tartan stuff in the collar. This one doesn't. So, has it like got? Does it say Scottish Rugby or Scottish Rugby Union on the under the badge? Just Scotland. Just Scotland. There was a period, I think it was the 1991 World Cup shot said Scottish Rugby Union famously on it and uh, David Soule almost refused to play in it because he said, I don't play for the Scottish Rugby Union, I play for the Scottish Rugby team. Which is completely fair. Yeah. Uh, have you caught um, much of the Netflix documentary, Roy? Yeah, I've, uh, I've watched it all. Uh, Would you, do you think, has it, has it, does it add anything to the game for you or do you think it would bring people into the game much? What I find watching it was that I'd forgotten most of that Six Nations, so it kind of got me excited for the Six Nations again because I wasn't feel for some reason in my head I was feeling bad about it. It was probably actually the World Cup had taken over in my psyche, and I just associated it with with Scottish failure. Um, so it was yeah, it was good. I mean, it it was it was an interesting way to it was interesting to see how they cut rugby together because they always say that some sports are very cinematic like baseball, which isn't something you'd expect to, to be a cinematic sport. And then other sports like soccer, the most popular sport in the world, is in, is not very cinematic um, unless you can't escape the victory. And it was interesting to see how they, you know, because there have been a couple of rugby movies, but not massive amounts. And it was interesting to see how they, they kind of cut it together to make it look as brutal and chaotic as possible. I think that was probably what they were what they were going for. And it's interesting to watch the, the SRU's kind of little media things now are done all in their obviously just i don't know whether they used the local camera crews and just said film as much stuff as you can and send it to us or whether netflix had their own crews in there i think but. They, they had their own crews in there because i believe the welsh which maybe why wales don't feature so heavy they, during the strike they did they refused to have the netflix camera crews in there yeah that would make sense i mean so Ireland, this is uh, what i was going to say as well. um alan mcdonald in the comments is saying i wasn't prepared to like ellis genge this much the juxtaposition between Ellis Genge talking about the Wales players being on strike and Lewis Rees Samet and Warren Gatlin talking about it is stark. Like, shocking the way that they talk about it compared to the way Ellis Genge talks about it. They do not come off well at all. Lewis Rees Samet does not come off well at all. At, hard you to believe, I know. And you'll, I know. You'll, you'll notice it from the, the episode because... Yeah, the Wales the Wales players because they were on media strike. They they didn't let the cameras even into the training camp. So a lot of the the like background footage is 
uh, from Perry Hill Park, from Orium, from uh, Ireland's team gym and things like that. And then the Welsh one is clips of uh, Warren Gatland and his wife walking their dog and Lewis from Sanit <laughs> having dinner with his mum and dad. Because the rest of the players said no, and those two were like, oh, it's fine. As I say, Lewis, Shree, Samet and Warren Gatland scabs confirmed. Yeah, pretty much exactly (laughs) that. And and the the things that they say, the things that they say about this strike. No one, do you think that's uh, why Lewis, Shree, Samet went to play NFL? It wasn't at all because he thought he'd have a good (laughs) chance at it. You thought everybody in the Welsh squad's about to watch this documentary, and I'm not going to see where we're coming from. Yeah, yeah. David, I'm interested because obviously, like Netflix is, you know, these things are. Do you get this? Isn't like geo locked in the United States? No, know. no, it came out the same day. Uh, I was, I was really worried about it leading up, but I checked a few days ahead of time, and you know, it was on its coming soon list. So I devoured the whole thing pretty quickly. How is it? How is it? Has there been much kind of coverage or pick up or chat about it in in the states? Because I think that the hope is that this is kind of you know rugby's big launch into kind of a, a more of a global brand. Or is it? Do you think it's just going to hit the kind of people that are we're already going to watch it? I really don't know because if I asked somebody, if I wanted to call up a friend and say, "Hey, will you come over and watch the Six Nations this weekend?" They'd all say, "The Six what?" Like. I literally don't know anyone who has also watched it to talk to about it or anything. So it could be that they're out there and I just haven't met them, but uh, it isn't, it's the interesting question I have about it. Cause if, you know, everyone says, Oh, well, the purpose of this documentary is to grow the game. Well, Netflix's purpose is to make money. Obviously world rugby might've said, okay, this will help grow the game, but there's no explanation of how you play the game. They don't actually ever talk about any of the laws of rugby. They just kind of act like everyone already knows that, which means that it kind of is for rugby fans, right? Like I think I think they never decided on who this series was for, and I'm not sure it landed on either side. Yeah, and I mean I guess that's the challenge Craig isn't it? always every year with the Six Nations the Six Nations comes around and it's always the criticism of the uh the pundits that you get people maybe kind of watching it for the first time in a year and we'll have to catch everybody up on what's changed in the laws again and you're kind of speaking to two different audiences so is it is a challenge rugby because it's never it never sits still as a sport yeah yeah and i think david's right i think i think it was there was for the the rugby enthusiast there was there wasn't enough content um for the rugby novice there wasn't enough content it was just middle of the road and i think but but just as uh, they could probably spend a whole episode explaining what rugby does, I suppose, and that's the big problem. I think they would probably lose everyone in, in the first episode because, the, the, and by the way, these guys push, and if they, if they push the wrong way, then then they have to start all over again, and it takes about six or seven minutes for them to get all re- realigned again, to redo it again. It just, and then, you know, they, maybe they should have, you know, uh, there was there wasn't enough heroes and villains. It was just a, it was just kind of middle of the road for me, you know. So yeah, I I, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Just as Johnny said, and, and also Alan McDonald. I wasn't prepared to like Ellis Genges as much as I did. Um, I actually quite liked Andrew Porter as well, even though he talked through a face. That was the one that shocked several me. places. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, but we all have to rejoice that we still hate um, James Lowe and Peter Man. So. Yeah. There's always that. I've not got that far yet. Oh. You've not got that. I've got that. Fantastic. James Lowe isn't on it. I, I just hate him. I kind of forgot about him. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I'd forgotten about him until I saw his face in the background of one of the porter shots, and I was like, ugh, James Lowe's a thing. <laughs> and now I hate him all over again. Uh, it is worth saying, by the way, standard plug time, uh, Sam Larner has obviously done a Twitter thread today explaining rugby for people that have discovered it for the Netflix documentary, and it's really good. It makes a lot of sense. So go find Sam on Twitter if you need to have it. Which, which I think is the one thing it probably lacks is a kind of talking head from outside of the main teams. Because I know when they did, you know, when I think it was the Springboks documentary Chasing the Sun, they had Squidge on it. And it probably needs someone like that, a, a, a pundit who isn't a former pro on giving some sort of narrative. And it's not like there's a shortage of them. Well, they did it, they did it with the NASCAR. If, if anyone's seen the latest the latest one on Tuesday, it was my day off, and the, the NASCAR one came out on, on, on my day off, so I just binged <laughs> that. And um, you can tell I do a lot on my day off. Um, anyway, um, and they had people on there explaining a little bit. Now, okay, a lot of NASCAR is just driving around in circles, but there was a lot of explanation to be done about it. And uh, and and so they, they really they did it quite well, I thought. So that's where the, the whole rugby thing, just so you say, that's a bit missing. And they did need somebody in, as long as they didn't bring in um, uh, Johnny Wilkerson to explain it in business speak, um, it would be fine. <laughs> yeah, um, make a connection to the ball. Could have, they could have like tied in, for example, the Andrew Porter episode, you know, because he, he shows a lot about his uh, like weightlifting. Um, so why would why do you do that? And because Craig had said about you know, why the front rows push against each other. They could have segued in there, sort of that kind of thing. You know, well, I do all these weeks illegally scrummage. <laughs> <laughs> he even says he, he missed out on Andre Teens because he was too small. So it's like, well, okay, well, too small for what? Like, that's an important yeah. bit. If you don't know what he's too small for, yeah. that's missing. Uh, yeah. well, even professional rugby commentators don't even try to explain scrums anyway. So I don't didn't think Netflix Netflix was going to take a swing at it. <laughs> that's in the whole six part <laughs> documentary on, on scrums. Yeah. <laughs> well, they just need to look at Andrew's porter face, and everyone kind of went, Oh, I'm not scrimmaging. That's like, I don't want to look like a, a potato, the potato at the bottom of the uh, of the uh, bag that's been bashed around a bit. Um, what we want is a, is a, a six part um documentary on Netflix about all about scrums. Yes, Ken's documentary on scrums. That's what I'm I available. Want. I'm available <laughs> for punditry, narrated by Craig. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Craig and Ox. <laughs> from a kick shop <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, just, just Craig and Ox sitting in a Patissier Valerie Patissier Valerie alright that's the, the <laughs> <Johnny> <laughs> they don't have them in five I just petrol station so it's even more overpriced listen I go to Stevens and I get a steak maybe <laughs> and a donut alright <laughs> <laughs> oh look here we're Harley Worthy said scrum and scones <sighs> then you get the ball ball ball. Pitch it. Yeah. Which, which bit does the cream go on top or bottom, and it just all gets complicated. You could See, use that, well, you that's could another use... documentary in itself. Well, you could use could you use the structure of scones to and, and the way you put your cream and your jam on to describe a scrum? Oh, I'll find a way, Kelly. I'll find a way. That's your homework, Craig. <laughs> Our scrum is <laughs> different than uh, Devon and Cornwall. Yeah, I'm sorry for maybe. Missed this. Have you, did any of you see this viral video about the uh, the brotherly shove and uh, Richie Gray in in the NFL? Mm-hmm. No, I, I know about the brotherly it's, shove. I hadn't seen any videos yeah, involving shove, any yeah. players. No, um, it's my um, excuse me, we sent. Um, no, it's my pal. Um, he 
forward with a video, uh, a YouTube video by a, a Twitter anal- uh, NFL analyst, and it said, yeah, it took a Scotsman like one season to break their precious game. And I was like, oh, I yeah, bet that's I Richie that. Gray. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, because um, that's, it's, it's like it starts off with a scrum because he has these three guys pushing sort of directly in the row together. But then, because then they sort of, the guys behind turn into a mall, but they don't have to bind on in the NFL. So it creates this big space for them. Yeah. Um, I'll send you the video. It's quite interesting. It's an interesting uh, interesting concept, actually, and people are, are fuming about it. There's serious talk about them banning it officially for next year, which just seems so silly. Yeah. I will yeah, tell you this. I, I will tell you. It's a tactic. You know, it's, it's up to the other team to figure it out. You know? I tell you something. Richie Gray is also one of the loveliest men you'll ever meet. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Very, very. I met him uh, when I was when I was covering one of the games at Murrayfield, and he just he was just really nice guy. Took time to say hello, which is uh, which was very nice. But no, lovely guy as well. So it's great to see him doing well in America. Um, we'll post a link to that in if you can find it. Send it. We'll find it. Put a link on the blog. Um, should we talk about the Six Nations then? Being that it starts this weekend or starts Ooh. on Friday, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah Let's. What we'll do is we'll go through the other teams in the order that they're playing, but we'll do Wales and Scotland last, if that makes sense. So not the order that's last game, Well, it's yeah. is it not? No, it's the order that's playing. It's the last game. Yeah. Scotland Wales. Oh last yes, game. well, well, there we go. Isn't that lucky? Dave Barnes has sent me off to uh, sending me off to Curry to do a game. I was like, he's. Uh, I did have arranged that um, I do not have to type the match report while there. I was like, right. Can I zoom home at under the speed limit, of course, obviously. Um, so I'm probably going to miss the first five, ten minutes, depending on how quickly. You're going to watch it in the Curry Clubhouse? No, because I'd have to drive home. I might be. No. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so Friday night, we've got um, France, Ireland in Marseille. I, is that that's because they're, they're doing something in the stadium? Is it they, they've got the Olympics or something? Because of the Olympics. Yeah. Olympics is in it. Yeah. Yeah. Olympics. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was. Is that this year's Olympics this year? Yes. Oh. Uh, that's why Dupont's not playing. Oh, yeah. of course, because of the sevens. There we go. So, um, should we start with Ireland then? Um, Ian, Ireland lost Johnny Sexton. Conor Murray's named on the bench. I think is that right? Mm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got a six-two. Um, it's just to bring the team up. There's a six-two I mean, splits a high. It's a, it's an it's still an experienced Ireland team given they've lost Sexton, but given they've they've relied on Sexton and to a degree Murray for a long time, is they are going they are I think there there is a perhaps a bit of a weakness with with this Ireland side, maybe, or am I or am I underestimating them? I remember this. I mean, the majority is still Leinster. All, all Leinster bread and all, all like the Leinster Borg. Um, yeah, yeah, there's no Ulster players at all in the uh, in the match day 23, which I'm sure is. I've, I've not been on Twitter yet. I was very yeah, the, the Ulster fans uh, are not happy about that. Yeah, I was going to say, I imagine some of them are a wee bit raging. Um, some of them, some people have pointed out that this is what Scotland fans feel like when a Lions squad's announced. Might even have been me. <laughs> <laughs> Was that you? Or, uh, <laughs> <might have been laughs> you. 
I would say um, obviously that... it's been a... oh, sorry. <clears throat> so no, you know, you go, mate. No, no, sorry, I was looking for the other team. No, but um, I mean, obviously it's, it's a big change between Sexton had been fifteen years old, the the primary playmaker um, and agitator. <laughs> um, yeah, but we we just we know how sort of good Leinster's strength and depth is. Um, you know, if if they click, they're and they have a plan. You know, that, a plan that they all know very well. Um, so th- they're a nightmare to play against. But you know, away to France, first game up. Um, France might be hurting a wee bit from uh, not making the final of their home World Cup and also getting beat off Ireland last year. Uh, I think this could be very interesting, but um, Ireland, you'd still... I mean, it's, it's between France and Ireland, right? I mean, let's not kid ourselves on. We, Everyone else is scrapping for third place. Yeah. Everyone oh. else, I mean. yeah. My goodness. <laughs> right. I, I you're, you're, you're such a glass half fool. Oh, excuse me, my reason. Half, half empty, I should say. I, I think I, I always uh, have the look well, that's at been it. Full. That's like empty. <laughs> uh, I looked at the two teams and I was thinking, there's there's Ireland there who are absolutely grind, mind-numbingly, grindingly, exactly the same. They're going to just waste everyone in sight just by kicking it at them and then illegally scrummaging and illegally dealing with things in the ruck and then you look at the ball tighteningly sexy French team and you think, oh, they have to win. Look at them. Yeah. It's just looking at that that French team is just even DuPont's not in it and you go, Oh, that's wonderful. So, you know, you, you hope for Rumpy's sake I mean, that France beat them, you know? To to quote Charles Dance in The Last Action Hero, in this this world, the bad guys win. <laughs> Ireland have have finally got a captain and a number 10 that have won the URC though which they've never had before so there's that (laughs) Yeah but I keep getting confused with the Crowley Frawley thing I keep thinking that Crowley's the the monster one and Frawley's the He's the one who's won Yeah so Crowley's won the URC and none of the Leinster players have ever It's at the old, uh, it's, it's the old Harris. Just to, just, just, so to, uh, just to confirm, Leicester have as many trophies over the last two years as Cardiff. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> it's a bit like the Harry. You've got Crowley. And it's a, Crowley, and it's a shield. Whatever system. It's the Harry, Harry Hill joke, isn't it? Crowley. Crowley. <laughs> whatever system. <laughs> Stalactite, stalagmites. I was wondering if it was just a Leicester, uh, like that was them properly taking the cloning to foot too far. But let's just change a couple of letters in their name. <laughs> It's like championship manager when a player regenerates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what well, um, what's happened to Ross Byrne? Is he injured, or if they just realised he's not very good? I think that because he was like he was the heir for ages. Yeah, I think. I just think all the Irish tens got fed up at some point and and went and played somewhere else. Well, he's not just always injured. One of them's always broken. Or is that? I make that Carberry. Yes. No, and he's got fed up waiting, and he's left as well. Right. No, well, the big question that Ireland have to answer this year is who's going to step into that void and berate the officials at the end of the match? Well, it's Peter Romani, clearly. Peter Romani's going to take the standing leg at the same time. 
One thing about France oh, is like it, Ross Oh well, there you go. The um, one thing about France is everyone was very excited that they'd found their own two Lange, uh, but he's not playing. Rory. <laughs> everyone's very oh, they've got a two Lange, and he's, he's have one. Yeah, we should have our. Where's our two Lange? Yeah, can we have one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think what, there's probably quite a lot of them grew up in Leicester, right? So when they're. Uh, I think they're all probably English qualified, apart from the ones that have spent time in France. But yeah, they do seem to be, they do seem to be all over. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I like look at the French team more than like look the the Irish team. The pack's fairly familiar. It seem it, it's probably pretty settled. So I don't think, I don't think they'll be as bad as we would like them to be, just because Johnny Sexton's not there anymore. But I still, I still reckon France will, I'll take them. Ireland don't play games on Friday nights. Usually, it's usually only Wales or France that do it, so they're out of their comfort zone. To be honest, I've not seen too much of um, Joe McCarthy that's been selected ahead of James Ryan. Uh, does it? Do anyone, any of you know much? About he doesn't him? like communists. That's the only thing I know. <laughs> 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 that's a well done one for the kids there anyway craig um well, no dupont though no for france this year because he's off to that he wants to play in the olympics um i would say the one thing i would say looking at france and ireland is that scotland and I'd love to. I don't. This is anecdotal, purely anecdotal. If, if we had uh, Kevin with his stats, I'm sure he'd tell us something. But I feel yeah. like Scotland play have had better results against Allen when Johnny Sexton hasn't played, and and have done better against France when Anton Dupont hasn't played. Uh, There's Sexton definitely been a couple of games when we. No, but I think when we've. So I think whenever we when we've beaten them in recent years, it's been when someone else was at ten for Ireland. Yep. Yeah. Can we, ba- can we bail out Hawass and get him back in the squad just for that one game? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think even... I think even at this point, the he's he's beyond even the French. And they're very, very low... <laughs> admittedly, very low standards for selecting players. Bernard Laporte's secret Ash won't get him out. Apparently, same for San Diego, though. They're all going to America. Yeah. How are these guys getting visas? That's what I want to know. David. It's, hard, it's, hard to, it's hard enough to go to America on a holiday visa, let alone rock up with a domestic abuse assault charge against your name and start playing professional rugby. You could, you know, you could have a Class C possession on your record and not get in, and then like, here's, oh, hello, Rufus. Oh, you're a citizen. <laughs> oh, he's a sort of course. You will have, have dual passport. That's he it. has that's that that'll be it. Uh, so someone needs to find Mohammed Hus is gonna to have to find some sort of American <laughs> heritage in order to get over there and play. Well there we go, that was Ander. Immigrant we didn't you didn't need to step in on the immigration point, David, and explain American immigration law to us. <laughs> well it all started. You were too much trouble for us, so we thought we'd let you get on with it. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciate it. Although things haven't gone well, <laughs> I've just um, 
been a referee for a friend, American friend who's uh, getting their British citizenship and they uh, texted me to let me know and I said, oh, congratulations. And they said, yeah, now I have to swear an oath to the king. Do you want to come? I was like, well, last time I went to an England-Scotland match, which was football, admittedly, I booed my way through the, through the English national anthem, even though it was played in England. So I probably better not turn up. Otherwise, they might revoke it. Here's my referee. What the guy over there booing the national anthem and sticking two fingers up at the king? Yeah, that's him. With the two sausage fingers up at the king. <laughs> yeah. Turn up the last guy who stuck two fingers up at the king was for medical purposes. Probably saved his life. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Who's doing? Topical like the cream. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> Anyway, should we go? So that's Alan and uh, Alan and France. Should we do? Um, let's do Italy next. Um, David, Italy perennial under used to be Scotland and uh, Italy competing out for perennial uh, wooden spoon winners, but the Italy kind of fairly rooted to the bottom. But I think everyone's everyone's quite excited about the prospect. Everyone wants them to do well. Yeah, Benetton have been so great. Um, obviously, club success doesn't necessarily translate to test level success um i've been bang- much to the chagrin of john anderson i've been banging the italy are actually getting good benetton are actually a team to watch out for drum for a couple of years now then of course we had a world cup and they crapped themselves in front of everybody uh, so i'm not sure which one of them is going to show up um i have them slated to beat england in this first weekend though i think the the uh the cohesion they have as a unit is gonna make the difference and england's gonna be like what I see a big win in Rome. That would be just hilarious. Be. I, need to, I need to dig out my, I would love it if we beat them, Kevin Keegan, me, and put it in Italian, because I've not done that one yet. <laughs> I did Fijian and Spanish when uh, England were playing them in the World Cup, but I've not done Italian yet, so I'll do that this week. You have to do, so get, that, to get that ready, Johnny, for Friday night. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking Jake Pelletri wasn't in the squad. Is he injured or just not? Uh, it's safe to assume that he's injured because he's always injured. Long-term injury because he's... Uh... He's, he came back and then was injured again, and he's not played for Gloucester for years. Oh, he's at um, he left Gloucester and went to Benetton, I think. Actually, that's why he hasn't yeah. played for Gloucester for years. He plays for Zebra. That's why we haven't seen him. Yeah, propping up the bottom. Even Zebra players don't play for Zebra. Do we need to? No, well, let's continue. Um, no, but I mean, Pelletri, I remember like it's a really good France Italy game a couple of years ago. Um, and it was like Aldrich v Pelletri. Aye, like, he oh, was man, phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, it's, uh, it was weird not to see him in the squad. Also, he's, um, he does, he's, no, he's. Carry on, I'll have a look into this. I think he's in the squad. Ah, the Scottish Rugby Podcast. We have just does men, look up, men look up stats as we're. <laughs> this is, this is like it's not as bad. It's not as bad as when we were when uh, we were looking. At, I was looking at the uh, information about front rows on World Rugby's <laughs> website, which was wrong. Yeah, well, you know, it's, I take one night off, and it's ridiculous. No, you were there for that one. You were there. You were having, you. We were having a full blown argument about it, Craig, until I yeah. realised that it was World Rugby that were wrong and not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I turned up late or something. I was coaching. Like, oh, possibly. Oh, yeah. Turned up to get really upset. I was trying to explain clubs. Five new faces in the Italy squad. Let's have a look. Um, well, uh, it's not going to be one of those, is it? Worthy has just uh, said about Jake Valedri. Um, he's um, barely played at Zebra. 
There we go. So who we got? Minotti. We don't see Minotti much either, do we? Yeah, the, the fullback. Yeah, Minotti. It was at Wasps. Minotti. It's because they've got they've got a new glorious child fullback now. Yeah. <laughs> what another one? Capuzzo. Capuzzo. Yeah. Did you see the bit? Have you got to the bit in full contact where they hired in Kiwi defence coach who nobody knows who he is, but who swears yeah. a lot? The team tactics meeting and goes, what, the, what the f are you doing? Just give it to what's the wee fast guy? What's his name? Give it to Oh yeah, give it to My uh, my favourite of all the coaches is the Sean Edwards bit. Obviously, everyone's favourite. Mm. And, and I love like he starts it off in French as well. Yeah, and then switches to English. A to go, just kick the effing ball. Stop effing around with it in our own half, <laughs> and then back to French again. It's sort of like how, yeah, it's like how the Incredible Hulk would speak French. It's just like a couple of words of French and then smash. Yeah, <laughs> with an with an expletive in front of it. Yeah. Um, I think so... Kieran, Kieran Thingy's uh, the the ex uh, Italy coach was my favourite when he just relaxed back in his chair and went, "I'm too old for." Oh, sorry, <laughs> time, time check. Time, time check. Forty-two minutes fifty-seven. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, oh, it's forty-three thirty. I, I just, I'll, I'll fiddle on with it and I'll find it when he said it. Anyway, so- we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Go, go on, go on England. Let's briefly Italy. Let's go on England then. What kind of shambles is turning up this year then, Rory? Hopefully a big one. Yeah. Um, I mean, they are, uh, you know, we shouldn't discount them. They are the third best team in the world after all. Um, but, yeah, I, I have no idea. I honestly don't know what to expect. It might be that he's starting to pick players on form, but there's, regardless of if he's picked all of the, you know, the, the millions of players they have available to them, if he's picked the ones that are on form, that's going to be a new unit having to find cohesion for the for the tournament, which is essentially the same problem as they faced last year when he got the job about two days before. Um, and he's trying to build, I think, he, he, you know, obviously the World Cup's given him a bit more time to build his, his the kind of team identity, but if he's 
keeps p- pulling in new players. I mean, if you think about when was the last time, I know he's just signed a contract for Saracens, but when was the last time Mario Otoji had a good game for England? Must to me, it seems like a while ago. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean, there's guys you know like uh, Ben Spencer from Bath. He's in fine form. Is he going to get? Is he going to get a game? Who, um, it's the he's I only in fine form because he's got the greatest ten in the world beside him. <laughs> for all the talk of, Sorry for of a major rebuild, they're like, there's not that many new players in there. Yeah. Like they say they've lost all these players in the half of this big rebuild, but it's basically the same squad as it was at the World Cup and the same squad as it was last Six Nations. Yeah, it could be one of them where the squad seems like a rebuild, but you end up with the same basic 23 that you've seen for the last. It feels like for the last 20 years, it's been the same England 23 for at least the last 20 years. Well, it, it was to begin with, and then. It starts with that, and then Manitou Alangi drops out because <laughs> he's injured. Well, the, the, the other crash ball is injured as well now because uh, Ollie Lawrence is injured. The other big, the big injury worry for Scotland, though, and uh, a little Greg McLeod uh, Hilly on the comments said that um, Marcus Smith is injured, so you're probably then going to get George Ford starting, which means that Finn Smith perennial of the tug of war between Scotland and uh, England may actually get a start. We might not get an, our next Cammy Redpath. <laughs> <laughs> there is a predicted England 15 floating about. And for all the like, oh, we're having a real problem. We don't know what we're going to do. It is Danny Kerr, George Ford, Elliot Gray. <laughs> is, Danny, is Danny Kerr still going? Yeah, he is. Oh, Underhill and Ben Earl in the back row. I hope they've won on about this fire. Abuso, what's the lad from? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they've gone on about him, and then they're talking about like putting Elliot Daly in instead. And it's like they're out there, like they're playing Italy. Get, get yeah, the break and get on with it, you know. It's for when they have to beat Italy 12 9 with Elliot Daly kicking three. <laughs> Danny Kerr is 37 years old. I know we yeah, he's the young, he's the young option. Yeah, because <laughs> it's more Ben Young's. That's the I think you read that wrong, Cammy. I think he was born in 1937. 1937, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know I made a joke about England being the same squad for the last, like, 20 years. But, you know, but. <laughs> we're four years off. We're literally four years away from uh, Danny Kerr playing for England for 20 years. He made his debut in 2008. There's a bunch of kids in that. It's just kids and then very old people seems to be the thing. Tries to drop Kyle Sinclair. He was, is, he, that was a Sinks isn't playing very well just now, though. Johnny, John Aniston has joined us. Hello, John. We're talking about England, John. Uh, yeah, I, I'm led to believe he's talking about England, so... I thought Dan it was cut, 36. Well, David, David had already started talking about how Bennett and Italy are actually a resurgent force nowadays than the, than the actually rubbish and playing a good every so often. Uh, Do you know what? And, and, and the minute you said it, David, John Anderson turns up. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly, like Beetlejuice. Yeah. Rubbing the lamp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know I know you were talking about full, full contact earlier on as well. And uh, yeah, I think I'm glad Kieran Crowley doesn't have a job anymore because like he, he just upsets me when watching him you know it's like all that potential that Benetton have got all that you know uh, like completely unfulfilled potential and 
and he takes it and just makes it all the all the worse. So hang on. So Kieran Crowley upsets you, but Fabian Galtier is allowed to say, "Oh, rugby is like doing a ballet dance with a pass, and French men hey. have a certain thing in their DNA, and they just are able to see things and do things that other people can't do in this fantastic." You dancing. haven't. Is you haven't, so you haven't it seen the last the episode. Biggest, Worst the episode is best. I've ever seen in my life. Oh, absolutely infuriated me. Isn't what French men got in their DNA multiple mistresses? Honestly, you need to watch the last watch episode. It's the most ludicrously French thing. He is absolutely fantastic in the last episode. He gets yeah, the last one. Right, yeah. David, he, he said he's given a little. Do, he said, what, do you think rugby is this, that, and the other? And he just goes, hmm. All three, maybe, and he's just yeah, you've got to see it. I don't have my Galtier glasses, but in celebration of Fabian, I'm just gonna just put some there we go. nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He is just super... put a suit on and put some trainers on, just like Fabian. Oh, yeah, I mean, although he's got a higher voice than I thought, he has got a higher pitch voice than I thought he was going to be. You know what, one bit I think is absolutely brutal in the, the Scotland episode is after winning at Twickenham, Gregor Townsend's doing his like sort of post match, yeah. Like, and he's like, yeah, you were rubbish. So much better. That was terrible. And you can see all the players just go, oh, sorry, Dad. Yeah, it's, it's, but to so be fair, they did then go out and stick like forty on wheels the next week. So yeah. 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 I did. I do like. Well, I think just wheels were terrible. We were doing fifty other One one of the big revolutions seems to be that Duhan calls him Daddy Gregor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's talk about let's talk about Scotland Wales and let's talk about them together. I think because kind of we we match preview as we had in the last ten minutes of the main podcast. Um, obviously, we we would I think about two weeks ago we would all be saying we're all fairly confident. Craig and Johnny, you, the three of us are all heading down to Cardiff this weekend for uh, to, to watch the game at the Principality. We're all very excited, and then Scotland have been hit with a a few injuries in the front row. No, not 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 many injuries elsewhere. I mean, obviously, Darcy Graham's down, but then I was watching. I was watching back the Wales Scotland game. <laughs> actually, Darcy, Darcy didn't play, did he? Because it was because he was injured. Yeah. So, I I think what the conclusion I came to, and I watched back the Wales the Wales Argentina quarterfinal highlights, and I've watched the last two Scotland Wales games, and I feel like that's reassured me that we're going to go down and do a job on Wales this weekend, Craig. Well, talking to the person who absolutely talks us up all the time and has proved incredibly wrong regularly, I should maybe shut my face. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think, um, yeah, I, really, we, we, we can't we can't honestly be going down there thinking we're going to get beaten. Because, and if Scotland do get beaten down there this weekend, we really need to have a good look at ourselves. Um, because the... the the, the lack of um, international experience, um, the, the the lack of time playing. Some of the players in the Welsh team have, aren't even getting regular games for their clubs. Um, it, we need to, you know, we've got the most static side um, that we've had for a long, long time. Um, but even even you know because you you're looking at. Bro, you know, you're looking at even Javan Sebastian, who has played for us at a World Cup, would be second to, to um, Xander. You're still thinking he'll actually do a fairly decent job in the scrum, etc. So, really, surely, 
where we think we're weakest, we're still going to beat them. So it's a, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think one, one of the things that, and it was interesting, uh, the um, Scottish Rugby interview with Richie Gray today talking about playing at the Principality. And I guess, Ian, for a lot of the Wales players, probably a lot of the Scotland squad would be more familiar with playing at the Principality than a lot of the, the, <laughs> the Welsh players. So the pressure's just as much on on them in terms of atmosphere and the, and the kind of that you get in that stadium as it will be on Scotland. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean they're so desperate for money. I imagine there might be a wee truck pulled up behind the, the goalposts with fans on it. Um, yeah, the, yeah, the the confidence in Welsh rugby has been seeped out, but we've seen them do that, like crawl back from adversity before. Uh, like you said, like you look at our squad, even with the uh, propping issues, um, we should have enough firepower to beat. It's a very inexperienced real squad. They've lost their main playmaker. What was that noise? Um, sorry. Uh, but this is this is where. I mean, like they said in the Netflix documentary, sometimes adversity brings players together. Um, we saw it with on your Cami. Well, I was going to say, well, that's my worry, I think, is that, um, you know, you want to go back to the... I don't want to be... Uh, what was the name of the guy? Um, Alan, Alan Hansen, saying you can't win things with kids, David. <laughs> but... But there is a kind of, you know, yeah, as much as, you know, there is some experience throughout that that Wales squad. There is a lot of uh, untested players as well. I'm not necessarily sure that Warren Gatlin's head's entirely in the game. He's taken to kind of trolling his own fan base by insisting that Wales teams should start playing in England. Um, so I'm not, it's, but but as Ian says, that it takes something, a bit of adversity to galvanise maybe a few younger players with something to prove for their own clubs that are in their country, and, and that, that can be a dangerous thing. Hold on, I think I just missed a call from Warren Gatlin, actually. <laughs> I just, I feel like every night he drives home thinking, the, the paycheck is huge, the paycheck is huge, the paycheck is huge, the paycheck is huge. <laughs> well, so- I mean, he basically says that in the documentary, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah the... I don't know how much history weighs in it. It's been, what, 22 years in Scotland and one in Cardiff. Um, I was expecting major fire back from Craig after he used an Obama gif on me to say how obvious it was that uh, Scotland were going to win. It's like, well, Obama wasn't actually even a senator the last time you guys won in Cardiff. But... uh, Yeah, thank you, dude. But it still seems nat- it still seems like it has to be, right? Like, Wales is in tatters. They don't know who's playing what position, like... And and this is a great Scotland team. They really are. They they every now and then show up and give you something weird, but I don't see that happening this weekend. I think it's going to be very serious. I think uh, I think it's going to be a good weekend. One thing watching back the last couple of games, Rory, and I also watched this Scotland England game from last year. Is I think there's when Scotland play well, they, they're, they're very patient about the scoreboard to get the scores when they're in the twenty-two, which sounds like two very simple things to do, but that that does. When things aren't going badly, we we get into twenty two and we come away with no points, and we start chasing games. But if when we seem to trust in the scoreboard and trust in our systems, the results come. Whereas that, I think that Wales game uh, in twenty twenty two, where we nearly beat them, 
there, there was there were a couple of times we got in the twenty two and didn't come away with even three points. There were we were you know there was that kind of Finn was yellow card I think for for a deliberate knock on at one point. We were maybe kind of trying to force things a little bit. Ian's waving his finger at me. I have real issues with that because well, let's not revisit. Oh. We did a podcast at the time. It should. It wasn't. I, I watched it back. It wasn't a deliberate knock on. I agree. Let's not go back into it now. Let's do it in the Patreon. Rory. Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, it was. It, they dragged us into a, a dogfight. That was. Uh, that's what I said in the, the preview on the blog. Um, the kind of worst. The worst scenario for Scotland is that that they get dragged into a sort of scrappy game where they're where the crowd are on their side they're the plucky underdogs if you like this is it's slightly different for scotland to be going down to wales as favorites even given their record of winning in wales um i mean you know we've we've won in wales and we've beaten the warren gatland team but we've never beaten the warren gatland team at the principality in cardiff um so that's still the big sort of thing the big elephant to get off our shoulder are fucking mixed metaphors um and i think it'll be interesting to see how they how they hold that i mean i think finn being captain is actually probably quite a good because he's regard you know he may be many things but one thing he d- he does seem is not, he's not really phased by history very much he's just he's i mean you can s- you've seen now little snippets of him giving team talks to the the rest of the the team um and yeah he just seems you know as you'd expect he's pretty he's he's laid back but um you know he knows he kind of knows what the he's not worried about he doesn't he doesn't play well as an underdog really finn's actually a kind of confidence player almost and i think that's the sort of that's the step that scotland need to take to start winning games they're expected to win rather than rather than just you know turning up against uh, against England. Yeah, and we don't. And we have, so we should, you know, we've moved on from that in recent we have. years a little bit, but we need to take another step. Well, I think that's it. We have Johnny moved on from that. I think we kind of become a bit more used to winning as a Scotland team now. You know, England the England duck is well and truly broken at Twickenham. It's the the French duck is broken to a certain extent. You know, they're, they're a very difficult team to play. We've beaten them in Paris. We've beaten them at Murrayfield recently. It's it it's kind of the Wales and Ireland are are the last two standing, and and this this has to be the opportunity to get the Welsh one. Put no, hundred percent. And uh, this is where Aaron Walsh has been really earning his money over the last couple of years, and and we're kind of relying on him to earn it again this year because historically being favourites has never been Scotland's thing. Winning in Cardiff, as we've spoken about already, is is not Scotland's thing, but. Aaron Walsh coming in and doing the mental skills and things, I think made a huge difference to the sort of hexes that we've broken the last couple of years. And they just need to know that they've got that in them, trust themselves, rely on the bits and pieces of advice that he's given them. Because, you know, I think we're all pretty clear that that this Scotland team is better than this Wales team. There is the only thing that's going to, that's going to beat Scotland is them not being ready to win the game themselves. So, they need to get into the mental skills sessions, get Walshy back in, and and just kind of go out there thinking we are the better team. We can win this game. We don't chase the game. We don't panic. We don't do any of the things that we've already spoken about. If we go out and because we're a better team, we'll win. Basically, I, Aaron Walsh is there. 
and I don't. I watched. I watched the blue episode of cricket tonight, Johnny. So I'm not. I don't think I'm able to talk about Aaron Walsh playing a final <laughs> oh, round honestly, of that, before he went to Scotland. Scotland for the Six Nations. That was That's too not, perfect. Too perfect. Oh, Aaron Walsh. Yeah, Rusty's dad. Rusty's dad. Yeah. For those who have seen it, have seen that, that episode of Blue. Yeah, cannot. I've. We recommended to Lee from the Blood and Mud podcast to Johnny and I have been kind of saying you should watch Bluey. You'll love it. Finally, what watched that was his first episode of Bluey he ever watched. Yeah. And he just messaged he our group chat to say he was not emotionally prepared for watching the cricket episode of Bluey. <laughs> and that was the first episode of he had no familiarity with any of the characters and he cried. Yeah, I wasn't, yeah. but the kids had it on tonight. I wasn't, I'm, I'm not prepared it's the to best talk seven more. minutes of TV I've seen in years. Yeah, I, it, that, that it, it should be up for now. I'm really like because they do Oscars for like best shot, right? That episode of Bluey yep. has to be, that's got to be up there for an Oscar. Anyway, we've reached the hour mark. Um, so what we're going to Wait do, John Anderson's join us. What? Yeah, John Anderson joined us for a reason, Cameron. Oh, yes, Cameron. Oh, yeah, I have. Da, 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 da. <laughs> is that an extra <laughs> sketch? This is your pod. No, Cameron, this is what? the biggest red book I could find. And then we <laughs> a bit of paper and we sell it. Because um, honestly, like, seriously, Cammy, you think we wouldn't do something for your last ever episode? Well, your last. We've got a Patreon to go. Yeah, no, yes, we'll but, 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 yeah, but but we People have to know. We have summoned people, haven't we, John? John, please yes. continue. Well, I, well, do you know what? I will continue. Cameron Black, this is your pod. And tell me when you can see see my screen, please. <laughs> there you go. I can see your screen, please. Uh, okay. This is all going smoothly, this. Have you shared the audio, John? I think so. No, you need to share the audio. Cammy, yeah. Stephen Barnes from the Offside Line Rugby website. It's just a quick message to pay tribute. Had I genuinely not shared the audio? Yeah, I heard it. You could hear it. Good. Yeah. Let's continue. David Barnes has got something to say to you, Cammy. Oh, thank you. The founding father and the driving force of the Scottish Rugby Blog podcast before he moves on after a hell of an innings. You guys have played a key role in promoting the game in this country and initiating some important discussions about the direction of travel in the sport during a fairly tumultuous seven-year period. I'm sure the guys will continue to deliver at the same high standard. There's no doubt that you'll be a huge miss in that. On a personal level, I've always enjoyed the blend of humour and heart-hitting opinion that you get from the podcast. It was a real pleasure to contribute to the podcast with a few reports back from Japan during the 2018 World Cup. So thanks for the invite to do that. Now, I'm sure this won't be the last we hear from you. Guys like you and I are genetically capable of keep, keeping our opinions to ourselves. So I rather suspect that you'll be making a few guest appearances in the future. But in the meantime, all the best with whatever comes next. I'm no doubt catch up with you soon at some rugby event at some point. So that's it, really. Uh, for the record, I'm not going to say anything near as nice about Ian Hay when he decides to call it quits. Um, <laughs> for the facts of the laughs over the years listening to the podcast and all the best for the future, as I've already said. Cheers. Now, shockingly enough, there's some more people that want to say thanks to you, Cammy, because uh, okay. you're, you're quite popular, apparently. Hey, Cammy, this is Will Owen from Team Squidge here. Uh, just wanted to say all the best of luck as you move on from the Scottish Rugby Podcast. And just genuinely thank you for your contribution to 
this space of niche rugby content, as it were. Um, you've been wholeheartedly one of the, the best at this for such a long time. Me and Robbie regularly talk about the episode we all did together uh, of our podcast when you came on, uh, and we regularly talk about you as one of the best, if not the best guest that we've ever had on. Just don't tell everybody else that I said that because we say that to all of them. But um, the fact that you managed to make Scotland 15, Georgia 6 from 10 plus years ago entertaining says a lot about yourself. But it's not only that uh, that kind of contribution, but um, on your own podcast, it's always a lot of fun. Even when I've not watched game from the weekend, it's always so much fun to tune in because you have such an encyclopedic knowledge of both the true and the false facts that surround Scottish rugby and the, the whole folklore that surrounds it. Um, I love the, the passion for Scottish rugby first and then daylight and then the rest of rugby second. Uh, I really enjoy that. And above all, just the humour that comes with it. Um, the thing that will be missed most, or I hope that, you know, there's still a space for it every now and then at least, but you have been a genuinely massive inspiration to myself and many, many others when it comes to no, posting no. on Twitter. That is, <laughs> honestly, I wholeheartedly say that you are the greatest of all time at that in rugby. And uh, I really hope that you still get the chance to do that. And also editing players' Wikipedia pages, uh, as I'm sure many, many other people have pointed out already. Yeah. Um, I hope you're well. I hope that whatever comes next for you it's great i hope you really enjoy the six nations and everything else surrounding it and i'd imagine that still just as much time is going to be spent uh editing wikipedia pages looking at obscure facts about scottish rugby not that you don't already know them and of course watching teletubbies and balamori you do owe us the rachel mclaughlin balamori special I must admit, so I'm a little bit, I feel a bit shortchanged that we've not heard that yet. But look, I hope you'll be back to do that in due course because I will be listening the minute it airs. All right, all the best. Catch up soon. It's always been a pleasure. Thought we should have a sing along at this point. Oh. <laughs> This is yeah, the, 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 the Doogie Donnelly. That's up there. The Doogie. That is one of my best things I've done on the podcast. Is making up the song about well, Doogie Donnelly. There might be some other ones to Cammy, come. Man, where to begin? Where to begin? I think it's the funny thing. It's the weird, interesting thing about doing what we do as fans who are essentially creating rugby media content stuff without necessarily being attached is that essentially you're becoming a a voice and a, a body for fans or groups of fans and for me right if you were to ask me which nation in rugby which of the major nations has the best group of fans i've always said i don't think it's particularly difficult to answer that it's argentina the second would second for me would be scotland and has been scotland for a very long time I think, as this wonderful, warm, generous group of fans who also, you know, are willing to go in the other direction, but in a wonderful and understanding way. And I don't think anyone has ever quite captured the way and the feeling of Scottish rugby and Scottish rugby fans like you have with the blog, with the podcast, with everything you've built and encouraged and championed through and the way you've 
built and expanded it to include the whole world of Scottish rugby has been really remarkable and incredible and a model that I wish fans from every other nation were able to follow. And the rugby would be a better place if we just had more Cami Blacks. So if we could drop one Cami Black into every country on earth um, and perhaps find a new one for Scotland again, it would be a better and more wonderful and more warm place to generosity with which you've approached this whole thing we always mean well whenever we talk about the the gold standard of guests on the the stupid retrospective podcast we've done a number of you have done we come back to you every time cami is the best guest we've had so prepared so knowledgeable knew the whole thing got it completely it's so funny and so warm and just 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 the best i could go on for a very long time and i just might but i'm probably going to stop the recording now just as you're stopping before everyone wants it to to, to end but also more power to you for for living your life all the best mate all the best those welsh boys can talk cami yako dodmaster mr scottish rugby podcast it's Gravio from Rock and Roll, and whatever we've known you as through the years, I can't believe it's finally time to say goodbye. You've done incredible things driving this crazy bus that is the Scottish Rugby Podcast. It makes the venue of us absolutely fine. Uh, I owe you a massive thank you for giving me one of the great experiences. I don't mean what went on that night in Cardiff after Tony Buckfast. Uh, I remember we did Dodmaster. To organize such a great event that did so much good and so was so much fun was a testament to the kind of person you are. So whether it's singing sea shanties, turning up pissed in a South African accent, or making leak out of some blood and have a break on in this garage, you'd be sorely missed. Welcome, Bow. Thank you very much. Couple more yet, and then we're done. That was that classic as well, Cammy. <laughs> Cammy, the pod just will not be the same without your dulcet tones. Thank you so much for all the effort and hard work you've put in over the years. Even from a Welshman, it's been an absolute pleasure to listen to you. Uh, I will miss you sorely and look forward to your guest appearances. All the best, mate. I love we've got more Welsh people than Scottish, by the way. I know. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I think given the things I've said about the Welsh over the years, yeah. it's quite surprising, isn't it? Hi, Cammy. Um, congratulations on ending uh, your podcasting career on a high, or maybe just temporarily pausing it. Um, it's been great listening to you over the years, and I've really enjoyed being a guest on there. And honestly, I thought your your leaving letter was one of the best things I've I've made for a long time. Um, Best of luck for everything you do in the future. And also, maybe this is when we find out that you were what was holding Scottish rugby back. <laughs> Could we find out before Saturday, please? <laughs> I might find out on Saturday. <laughs> well, that's that. And Cameron, um, we're just going to let this do its final... Um, final little tones before it finishes up. So, Cammy, this has been your pod. Um, so, uh, that was just we tried to. I'll stop sharing because that's how bad things happen. Um, 
yeah, we just we're, there was lots of people wanted to reach out and just say thanks to you for obviously all the all the efforts you put in for seven. You know, when you said seven years, I genuinely was shocked because it hasn't felt like seven years. It's felt like you know we've a few of us have been on it right from the start, and it's felt like it's flown in. And I think the best way to think about it is, you know, we've been here all this time talking about rugby like like we would do with our mates. And I think that's what you tried to create all those years ago. So I know the guys have got other things to read out to you and you're going to go, go on with the celebration. Sadly, I can't stick about. But on a personal note, thank you so much, buddy, for uh, for for creating this madcap little uh, train that we're all on. And I, I, I can't wait to connect try and continue it but there's going to be a massive hole left with you so well well thank you very much everybody thank you for the for arranging those kind messages as well it's lovely to hear from yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that robbie and robin will didn't didn't uh, mention the fact that i spent about half of that podcast talking about teletubbies porn <laughs> um, <laughs> that's right because i spent all night talking about how rob g was going to come to my house so <laughs> that'll be why we've not been invited on anywhere. That might be why we weren't invited back. Spent half of a podcast talking about erotic fiction featuring Teletubbies and Snape and Harry Potter. Which is not like, go, go, Google that. That's a fun read. Um, that's for the other podcast that I used to do. We read that. Um, no, genuinely, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And thank you guys for for yeah, all your contributions, all your help, all your support. We've not finished yet. No, we're not, not finished. finished There's still more. We, I, we, we I, have. I, I, Join off. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna spare camera. Yeah, just... Love you. Bye I now. Do more in the Man, you think, you think I can't believe, I can't believe he left out the one from Ugo Mania. <laughs> oh man, I got one for GB, but it says something about Dreamphone. Something about uh, Dreamphone. Do was... you want to listen? listen <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm happy. His rescue, Fonty's rescue message was. Uh, was <laughs> I'm not like to play that. If my, my pal knows the current Flinty, by the way. Does he? Does he? Has he got his address? Yeah. <laughs> I said he was, he said he was going to pass your letter on to him. Thank you. Um, <laughs> listen, I'm, as much like I'm happy for the eleventh to continue on the main pod, but I'm also happy to go to Patreon. So, what do you guys want to do? Oh no, I think the people need to hear this because let's go on. Go on then. Yeah, people right. need to hear. It. Carry so, on. This one's we'll just free, do a shorter. Uh, pa- we'll, just, we'll do a shorter Patreon. They'll understand. Right. Right. So this this uh, was from Gary Heatley. Like people who couldn't leave voice notes or whatever, they've um, they've sent us messages. Uh, so Gary Heatley. Uh, as we know, rugby journalist from the offside line and uh, some bordersy thing. Um, he, who first guested on the podcast back in 2018, December he did, 4th, yes, 2018, yes. his first one talking about the Scotland uh, Women's Autumn Series. Um, so uh, Gary said, I just want to say a big well done to Cami for all he's done with and for the podcast over the last few years. You and the rest of the team have really shone a light on a lot of different areas of the game in Scotland that don't always get the limelight, and that has been excellent to see here. Your passion for Scottish rugby has always come through while I remember sitting next to the Scottish rugby blog slash podcast team in a press deck at money from matches in the past, getting some unique, air quotes, insights. <laughs> All the best to Cami for the future, and we'll no doubt see you on a touchline or a stand at some point. Oh, that's very kind of Gary. Uh, I've got I've got a little something from uh, Doogie Low, um, who's a friend of the pod and also um, Patreon member. Am I right in saying Doogie? He is Doogie is a Patreon yep. member, right? Um, so uh, so what to say about Cami? His knowledge of propping and his number ones and threes very loose. Thank God Craig is always on hand to keep it tight. Cami's knowledge of Berwick hostelries came in handy when the wife and I were staying up that way. Some great recommendations from the local lad. Sadly, all were closed. <laughs> oh, and, I, 
<laughs> oh, and I'm still waiting for Cammy's climax to Scotland's hardest players. That item has been that item has certainly gone <laughs> rather flaccid. We will miss you, but we're looking forward to the absolute anarchy to come with the boys left in charge. That's your Dougie Lowe. That's Dougie. We, that, if you guys want to finish off with the Scottish hardest players, we've got to the 90s now. I was just like, I can't even remember any of hard for the 90s. <laughs> I've got one from uh, from Will, who's uh, Dougie's son, uh, and he says, I can't remember exactly what you both said, but I'll never forget your reaction to Dad's Where's Dougie Donnelly? If you don't remember, it was about Dad taking me to Dirty Dicks on Rose Street and us bumping into Pierre Schumann outside. It was just before we were to fly out with Edinburgh for one of the games in South Africa. Remember, Cammy was just glad I was over 18, which Dad confirmed because it was the game we first met you at the Up and Under. And Cammy found going to Dirty Dicks with my dad very funny. I did. I do remember that. <laughs> uh, I've got one here from uh, the good doctor. Uh, Alan McDonald, who just uh, says, uh, I'd been pretty fed up with rugby, but the Ireland game in 2017 had rekindled my enthusiasm. Uh, I wasn't getting any useful information from the usual media, so I went looking for a new media. It was then I discovered the blog and thus the podcast, which quickly became a weekly habit. As the host and the one constant presence, Cammy was the voice of the pod, and he spoke in a way that I'd given up hope of finding in rugby. He was, by turns, playful and serious, never shying away from difficult topics without ever straying into the laddishness which blights so many of the so much of the other rugby media. In that spirit, I'm really grateful to Cami and the pod for their support of the eighth minute motivation campaign and for having me on as a guest on a number of occasions, even if I can't forget that Cami thought a polyrath was the worst Pokemon to combat a Meowth. I don't know if I spelled those right and I I would say it makes sense in context, but I'm not sure it did. Thank you, Cami, for all of the times you made me laugh and for the times you made me think. All the best. Um, I, I to stick with the pod in twenty seven. Listen to the pod in twenty seventeen in the state it was, which I think I described <laughs> as more like an art house project than a rugby podcast at the time. Do you know? Well, I think my first ever time on was when me and Alan were the Patreons team for the Christmas. You were, quiz. yeah, for the Christmas. That was the uh, that was the Quality Street quiz. How many? That was that was honest. I still tell people that that's probably one of the best quizzes I've ever been a part of because some of the questions were incredible. The round where you translated 2019 countries national anthems from uh, their home language into Gaelic and then back to English and we had to try and guess them and, and somehow made Uruguay really really racist about Chinese <laughs> people was incredible. It was yeah, so good. Maybe, maybe it was so racist. Special quizzes now that you've got more time <laughs> yeah. to compile them. That's well, it. I've, got, I've got my own too because you you know it, it's a weird phenomenon when you listen to a podcast for years and years it becomes sort of like a crutch it's something you you rely on having every week and something you really just look forward to and it was just I recall vividly one of these weeks where everything seems like it's going wrong nothing is right you wake up you don't want to get up you don't want to go to work you don't want to do anything got my ass out of bed in the car I'm like oh wait a sec glance at my phone oh yeah I haven't listened to the episode this week. It's waiting there for me. Put it on in my commute to work. You said something so funny. I had to pull over and stop the car just to laugh for a while. I have no idea what it was now, but that was the moment I was like, okay, back to it. I'm good. Let's go. Uh, so, you you know, you're not just a funny guy. You mean a lot to a lot of people, I think. No, yeah, well, that's yeah. very, very yeah. kind, David. Very kind. Well, thank you very much, uh, all. That's, that's a nice ending. 
that's a nice ending. That is a nice ending. Thank you very much, everybody. I really appreciate everybody that takes the time to listen to the podcast. It's like I said, we've always just done it as a way of um, just having a chat with some mates about rugby every week, having a few in jokes, a bit of a laugh, not taking ourselves too seriously, not pretending we actually know anything about rugby. That's the main. That's the main pretense of the entire yeah, podcast. Is let's not yeah. pretend we know more than anybody else. I seven years in, and I still don't know my right from my, my right from my loose. There was a a, a premier, a, a well-known premiership uh, Scottish premiership manager who. Um, when I, I had to ask him afterwards about his team sheets, I was like, "Hold on, did you swap your ringers about?" Because this was actually like, "Oh wait, what, what? I don't know. Like, what one's the left and what one's the right?" It's like, <laughs> it's usually 11's left and 40's right. Oh, the team managers are holiday. I just wrote them down. I didn't. I didn't know. <laughs> like, right, great, thank you. <laughs> and this guy, I'll tell you who it was. Off Welcome air, to right? Scottish rugby. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. But no, I'm just like, to very great. They had it wrong on their website. Yeah, they had it wrong on the website. Exactly. So no, I'm very grateful to everyone that's listened to the podcast over the years and and stuck with it through the early days. And like I said, I'm sure you'll all you'll all make carry on making a good success of it, and everyone keep keep listening. And I'll I'll definitely I'll be back as a guest when the mood takes me when I've got something. Something to say, or a bottle of wine, one of the two, or a bottle of wine in me, <laughs> bottle of wine and three pairs of sunglasses, one on top of the other. Of my, my dodgy South African accent. <laughs> but look, we're going you know, to can, I, can I say one more thing before we leave? Oh, one more thing, because I've just noticed, I've just noticed that Greg Hillier has left a comment to say thanks so so much, Kami. And what I meant to point out the other week that I don't think Greg knows is that I have access to the uh, podcast's Facebook Messenger account. So I know he sent a message saying that we're all ugly. I saw it. <laughs> and I feel like he should know that. He did apologise for that because I think he realised that other people could see that as well. So he did apologise <laughs> for the message, to be fair. And to be honest, it's, I think, I think, it, like, like, let's just I mean, say he's not, wrong. he's not wrong, you know? It's like... <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, so we were say, all ugly though. Did he really? No. <laughs> like said, yeah, if you, if you, if you, if you drop in any DMs into any so any of our social media accounts from Saturday onwards, it won't be me. So be careful. <laughs> That's all I will say. But listen, for the last time, from me as host on the main podcast, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from Johnny, Craig, Rory, David, and Ian. Goodbye. Bye. I feel like you sing goodbye with the Spice Girls, but I miss rehearsal. So I've, I've got to end it this afternoon. I need, I need a nice, I need a nice bit of silence at the end of it. Otherwise, it's I can't hear it. Go. Did you not hear that? Silence. <laughs>